Frankfurt. Gonna be staying here for a little bit longer to enjoy some of that German food again. But here I am reading the news about how Live Golf has merged with the PGA Tour. A PGA Tour that denounced Live because it's funded by, you know, the Saudis. It's funded by the royal family that also helped finance the September 11th attacks. The Saudi family that also tortured and killed an American journalist denounced that league. They denounced the Saudi family for years. And there was golfers that was turning down offers of 200, 300, 700 million dollars to preserve the integrity of the PGA Tour. And what do the officials running the PGA Tour do? Backstabbed all those golfers and decided to merge with the Live Tour and decided to accept the Saudi royal family money. American capitalism is consistent and consistently disappointing. Not gonna lie. Now, of course, I have discussed before how it's kind of hypocritical for everyone to, you know, turn their noses against the Saudis when, you know, the PGA Tour also deals with companies that have questionable track records themselves. But this isn't the conversation about the Saudi royal family. We gotta discuss this one thing because they are not only trying to take over golf and, you know, they have succeeded in that part, but Lionel Messi, they offer them practically offered him a billion dollar contract to play in their for their country, for their people in Saudi Arabia, instead of playing in a European league or Major League Soccer, which is what Messi ultimately chose. And now there's conversations where the WNBA commissioner was discussing how maybe in the future they can see themselves playing in Saudi Arabia for a couple games. Where's all this coming from? But the other thing is, that's a lot of money Saudi Arabia is throwing at the United States sports leagues. That's a lot of good money, right? Where is this money coming from? And of course, it's coming from the oil reserves. Of course, it's coming from all the, you know, all the deals that they've generated over the years related to gasoline. And do you know where the top oil reserve is in the world? It's in Venezuela. How come Venezuela doesn't have that type of money? Oh yeah, because of the sanctions. Because of the vilifying of the dictatorship that exists in Venezuela. Because Maduro is the enemy. But wait, the United States has been pretty comfy with the Saudi royal family, which, as I mentioned, helped fund the September 11th attacks and murdered an American journalist. So here is the point of this conversation. Let's go to Lula. There is a reason why Lula does not want to rely on the United States dollar because Lula is tired of this hypocritical shit that I just discussed. Why does the U.S. decide that Country A is the enemy and country B is not. Why does the United States and Western Hemisphere powers decide that Venezuela is the bad country and we should freeze their funds and try to have a de facto president that isn't Maduro and have him paraded around 
as the president when he didn't actually win the election. Why are we doing all this crazy shenanigan to Venezuela when Saudi Arabia has just an evil track record? Why is that? What what are we doing here? Venezuela can easily have not extensively the same like financial wealth that you see in Saudi Arabia, but something in that direction. Venezuela can be a significantly richer country because of its resources, but for the last 25 years, the United States has done a lot of damage and has done a lot of work to prevent that from happening. Venezuela used to have a very strong economy in spite of what's, you know, what the United States was doing to them. And it took a terrible leader, Maduro, to kind of sink that, you know, sink that ship. But Venezuela still has access to resources that can make them rich again. But they're not allowed to succeed. And that is what Lula has been trying to prove in this, you know, very tenuous administration. Lula has practically gone to war against the giant powers because Lula has seen what the United States has done to Latin America. And this is why when Lula was trending on Memorial Day and there was all these arguments and all these complaints against him, you know, bashing how bashing the concept that Brazil and all these other trading partners has to rely on the US dollar. Argentina inflation is tied to the fact that their money has no value against the US dollar and Lula wants to create a brand new currency. This all sounds like activity of a president of a country that just doesn't want to work with the United States and there's a lot of criticism towards Lula for these actions and for these words. But I presented you the situation as to why somebody like Lula would not want to work with the United States. Why should he want to work with the United States? The U.S. pretty much tried to invade Venezuela, pretty much attempted a coup. And that is on top of all the invasions and coup attempts and assassinations and successful coups that the U.S. has committed over the years and decades, you know, throughout Latin America. Why would Brazil want to work with the U.S.? Why would they? That is my point. And I have complained for years about how even though Venezuela, I will say this, you know, I will shout this from the mountaintops. Venezuela has a shitty president. Maduro is a shitty president. He is a shitty leader. But that being said, he is also not given all the cards that is needed to succeed because his funds are frozen in Europe and also because the United States has made it difficult for Venezuela to work with other nations. But in the meantime, here's Saudi Arabia throwing a billion dollars towards one soccer player. And that money comes from the same type of resources that Venezuela has, but has not been able to utilize. That is just hypocritical and frustrating behavior. This is the type of stuff that leads to 2 million Venezuelan people 
leaving their homeland and ending up in Colombia. This is what leads to tens of thousands of people from Venezuela having to go through all these different countries to try to cross the border to the United States in search of a better life. This is what leads 600,000 Venezuelan people to travel to Brazil in search of a better life. This is what I'm talking about when I discuss how even though Venezuela has a terrible leader, even though there are these Latin American countries that have bad leadership, like Cuba, it is hypocritical for us to attack them and make it difficult for them while we cozy up and work with other countries with equally bad track records. Saudi Arabia has a terrible track record. I'm sorry, and I am sure that there are millions upon millions of wonderful, wonderful people that live within the borders of Saudi Arabia. There are millions of wonderful people that live in this country under that leadership. So I'm not here to turn the whole nation as the villain, but the Saudi family that has dominated that country, they are the enemy. They are terrible people. And we're working with them. We have watched the PGA Tour cozy up to them. Because the money speaks. But my point is, why can't Venezuela be that enemy country that you still work with because of the oil? Why can't Venezuela be that really rich country with a questionable history? Why is Venezuela and Cuba not allowed to succeed? Because they're too, because they're closer? Because Saudi Arabia is on the other side of the Atlantic? Is that what it is? I'm here as a democratic socialist that wants to see Latin America reach its full potential. And as long as the United States continues engaging in this hypocritical behavior, it just cannot happen. And it disappoints me. It's disappointing. And it is require it requires creativity. It requires wild behavior to even attempt to improve. The president of Mexico has attempted a more peaceful direction when handling the war against the cartels. That hasn't worked out. The president of El Salvador has quite literally become a dictator and pretty much rewrote the Constitution and has rounded up like 5% of the entire population of the country. And that has yielded results that has made him popular. But we look at these extreme examples that have had to emerge. And now we have Lula, who is prepared to create a brand new currency out of the blue to tr just to trade with Argentina which is a country that borders them. This is the crazy behavior. This is the wild stuff that has to be done because of United States involvement and because of the way the United States chooses who is the enemy and who should be punished and who they, you know, who you can still work with. Chile is trying to rewrite its entire damn constitution because its current constitution was written during a dictatorship that was backed by the U.S. I mean, that's frustrating. That's just, I, I hate this hypocritical behavior. I hate it. 
And so when I see this news about how Live Golf now has merged, Saudi Arabia is getting what it wants. It has not been punished for any of its actions in the last 25 years. South Manhattan became a crater thanks to Saudi Arabia. Come on now. But no, money speaks louder. But it's unfair that they are allowed to be loud with that money. And Venezuela, in the meantime, has all their funds frozen. The Maduro's regime has no access to that money in Europe yet. Come on, guys. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. And this isn't just... I'm not blaming one administration. I'm blaming all of them. This has been a Republican-led thing and a Democrat-led thing. Like, both parties have had the House, the Senate, and the presidency in in the last three decades. And they have both parties, both parties, have engaged in this hypocritical behavior. Maybe among all these leaders, there might be one that might be questioning it, but they have to tote the party line and cannot really, you know, question the motivation and question why we do the things that we do. Similar to what's happening in Israel and Palestine and why, you know, there aren't enough politicians necessarily speaking out against, you know, the apartheid that's clearly happening there. That's a separate subject. I ain't gonna touch that one. I'm already I'm already making this as complicated as it is with, you know, the conversation with the Saudis, with the Gulf League and then Venezuela. But my point is Venezuela should be allowed to engage in business with anyone that they want despite their government. It's not fair that Saudi Arabia gets to pretty much behave the way it wants to behave and the United States and, you know, companies within the United States do business with them. That's That money is just as bloody as the money that you'd be dealing with if you traded with Venezuela. It's not fair. It is not fair. You can link the downfall of almost every Latin American country to United States intervention or United States behavior. Haiti's current situation is tied to Venezuela because Venezuela and Haiti were super good partners. But when Venezuela's economy, you know, was slipping, Haiti's economy was slipping even further. And of course, compound that with all the sanctions and the escalating sanctions that, you know, have emerged in the last 15 years. And this is what happens. Haiti is an absolute wreck right now. And that type of stuff affects other nearby countries. Haiti's reckoning and the assassination of their president, which still hasn't been solved, by the way, and Haiti being, you know, ruled by gangs, that affects the Dominican Republic. Venezuela not being allowed to fully do business with other countries, that affected Haiti. That affected the Dominican Republic. And, of course, affected the people within Venezuela themselves. My point is, as I've said... It's unfair, it's disappointing, and it's unfair that in the name of tackling communism, tackling socialism, Cuba and Venezuela cannot be allowed to thrive or reach their full potential. But countries like Saudi Arabia, 
which are as far away from socialism as you can imagine, are allowed to engage in business with the U.S. That's not fair. It is completely unfair. Point and period. It's not fair. But yeah, that news was disappointing. Like, it was not surprising, but it was still nonetheless extremely disappointing. And you also got to feel bad for those who took a stand because that's the other thing. Because, like, one thing about, you know, Americans is that when they take the stand, they stick with it. And that's, you know, Tiger Woods turned down $700 million to protect the PGA Tour. There are multiple golfers that turn down 200 to 400 million dollar paychecks to protect the integrity of the American game. And what happened? How are they rewarded? Now they're forced to golf with those very same people. It won't be this year, but it's going to be soon. That's not fair. It's completely not fair. It's almost hilarious how much money those people lost. If I was Roar, if I was McEnroy, if I was Tiger Woods, and I, you know, and I'm seeing all this stuff happening, I'd form my own league. And that's the thing about the free market, about American capitalism. There's always room for more. Always. Because there are no rules. You can do business with whatever country you want that's allowed by the US government of course there's enough streaming services enough cable options you got YouTube you got Twitch you got anything you want McEnroy and Woods can be like screw the PGA Tour they cost me everything and cost me all this embarrassment and I'll form my own league I'll have my own golf courses I'll make deals with several golf courses around the world. And I will have full exclusivity, exclusive use of those golf courses for professional tournaments. That's what they could do because that's what American capitalism allows. But Venezuela and Cuba, no, they're still stuck. And then on a lesser extent, Puerto Rico, they're very stuck. You can't complain about the Saudis and then make a deal with them. You cannot complain about blood money and then about how they funded 9-11 and make a deal with them. Like, the the amount of credibility that exists in the PGA Tour and the people that run it is zero. It's below the ground. It's six feet under. But at the same time, it exposes the reasoning of Lula as he's trying to, you know, work with Venezuela, despite Venezuela being under this, you know, terrible dictatorship, and against the wishes of even some of his, of Lula's own, like, allies, like, you know, out in Chile and Colombia. Lula sees the hypocrisy, and he's seen the history of the U.S. and how they constantly just fuck up things in Latin America. And he's had enough. And so, like, I live in the United States, so I should not be rooting for the dollar 
to drop in value. I should not be rooting for the United States to suffer a little bit economically because that affects me. It's going to affect the people I love. But at the same time, I completely understand where Lula's coming from when he's trying to distance himself away from not only like the Ukraine and Russia conflict, but also NATO and the United States itself. I get it. I understand. I have seen the hypocrisy. I have seen that the United States does not, you know, treat everyone equally, not even close. I see it. And that live golf incident is just more evidence as to, you know, how American capitalism has no morals. How could I work with a country that clearly has no morals, that values money over everything? Lula's trying to save the damn Amazon. <laughs> like, I can't try to save the Amazon and work with a country that does not care about climate change. That does not care about where they get their money from. You know, I, I can't work with that. That's why he's going to build that currency. So I just find it fascinating. This whole story, like, it just opened up a can of worms. It just, you know, it just, I, I hate using the word trigger, but it, like, triggered a reaction in me. I'm like, this is what I talk about when I talk about how Venezuela and Cuba deserves to be fully free, despite what their governments have done and despite how their governments operate. And the other part of the equation is, at the end of the day, if you give Cuba and Venezuela full freedom to operate and have full access to funds and resources, and they're still failing their people, those two governments have no excuse anymore. They can't point to the United States and be like, they won't let us succeed. Your hunger is because of these superpowers. But if Cuba and Venezuela have all full power and it's still failing, then they have nobody to blame. And eventually the people will see through all the bullshit and be like, you have nothing. You have full access. You can work with the U.S. and you're still failing me. My kids are still hungry. Screw this government. It's time for changes. But that's the problem. Until that day comes. Until Biden is strong enough and smart enough to finally be like, you know what? Those Cubans in South Florida have not voted for me at all and they've made things very difficult for my agenda. So why should I continue appealing to them by punishing the Cuban government? Maybe it is time to lift those sanctions. The right thing to do is to lift those sanctions. But on a political standpoint, what's the point of even having them anymore? So yeah, that's, this, these are my thoughts about you know, the blood money <laughs> about Saudi Arabia, about Venezuela and about oil. Because as I've said, the largest oil reserves in the world are in Venezuela. And like, I know we usually attach the mindset of oil to the Middle East, but Venezuela has just as much oil. And I know we shouldn't be dependent on oil, especially as, you know, especially as the world gets hotter. But it's not fair that the Saudis get to enjoy the fruits of labor related to gasoline. And Venezuela is just looking around, just trying to find a way to get better. It's not fair. Have a great night. Take care. Help your neighbor. Register to vote. DeSantis, I hope you freaking lose in the primary so badly that you have to wear a paper bag on your head the rest of your time here as governor in Florida. Screw you. Have a great night. Bye.